Well, this night, this night I'd like to consider Bible study methods and as part of our larger series on the supremacy of the Word of God. So uh, this is, there, there are so many different ways in order to, to approach the study of God's Word. And so some of the things that I'm going to cover tonight are just touching the surface of some of the things that we can do. So if there's some question that you have about how to study the Bible, just go ahead and ask and we'll take the time to figure that out as we go through our study. I want to start by looking at a couple of passages. The first one is up on the screen. It comes from Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And uh, you can try to read it up here, or you can turn in your Bibles. But it says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the godly, ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, All right, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they can resolve that back there. But if they can't, I'm just going to turn this off. And, uh, all right, so this passage is talking, especially in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. It talks about delighting in the law and meditating on it day and night. That, that ought to be the aspiration of us as Christians, a longing or a desire for God's word. And of course, verse 3 has a promise that if we will do this, then... It likens us to a tree planted by the, the waters. The roots have the nourishment. here. So it says, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, and verse 4 is where I wanted to zero in a little bit, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So our pursuit of the Word of God, and of course the things of God, is likened unto the pursuit of riches, the world's pursuit of riches. So just as the world might pursue riches, so we ought to pursue the things of the Word of God. Now, desire is an issue, and I'd like to ask a question. I know our setup here is not the best for kind of discussing kinds of things, but I would like to make an effort for that. Desire is an issue with respect to God and desiring Him and desiring His Word and desiring the things that pertain to Him. What can we do as believers to cultivate a desire for God? What are some things that we can do? 
Okay, yeah, just if you read the Word, uh, it's kind of like the more you read it, the more, you know, your desire can grow for it. And so, yeah, if you're not reading it, well, you know, then it's, there, there's no hope or little hope of creating a desire within you. All right, what else can we do? Okay, yeah, prayer is a, is a vital. Um, our prayer is our communication with Him. Some liken it unto spiritual breathing. And so, you know, if you kind of hold in your breath, there's not much you're going to be able to do for very long. You know, just try it. And, uh, you know, just take a few minutes and then we'll have to do something, you know. <laughs> your body will just start doing it automatically. But um, prayer is really important. It's not an automatic thing, spiritually speaking. And we need to pray and, and uh, to have this relationship with him. That is foundational to having a desire for him. What else? Debbie, what were you going to say? Yeah. That, that's right. He's always, he's always with us. He never leaves us. I mean, if we feel like he's gone, the problem's not with him. The problem is with us. So he's always there, and we you know, need to cultivate that relationship with him. We build a relationship, and as we build a relationship, we build our desire for him and for the things of him. Um, I think also, generally speaking, if we practice good and wholesome living, Christian living, spiritual kind of living, that will go a long way in, order to, in building our desires. Now, what I mean by that is we in our lives, pursue the things that are good. We seek the things that are godly. We endeavor to serve Him in a spiritual capacity. If we're living those kinds of things in our lives, then that will be more conducive for us growing in our desire for Him. But if we're always running off after worldly things and after things that are not so great and things that do not contribute to our spiritual growth, if we're always going after those things, that'll dull our spiritual senses. It'll harden our heart. We will not be in a place to pursue God and to pursue spiritual things. So um, living for Him, prayer, getting into the Word, uh, practicing these uh, good uh, spiritual disciplines within our lives, all of those will help build our desire. Because after all, we are human. The Spirit of God lusts and this lust against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit and the two are contrary to one another. And so we have to, you know, strengthen our spiritual muscles and um, not spend so much time with the things that are uh, worldly and fleshly. All right, so desire is really important to set our heart and our attention upon God. And that'll go a long way in helping us get into the word of God and to see what he has to say to us. All right, so if we're considering studying the Bible, the first kind of method, the first methods I'd like to discuss are what I call passive methods. Now, by passive means it doesn't take a whole lot of effort on our part. Um, they are more recept receptive kinds of methods, things that we do that, that kind of you know, brings it to us. They're, they're easier. Now, just because they're easier doesn't mean that it's not important. As a matter of fact, you can't do much if you don't do these passive things. And so you'll see what I mean in a minute. So if we consider passive methods of studying the Bible, the first one is really simple. If you want to study the Word of God, you've got to read it, right? You've got to read it. You can't 
expect to grow in the study of the Word of God and to grow in your understanding of the Word of God if you're not opening your Bible and you're not reading it. We have, uh, you know, the proverbial dust on the Bible because it's always sitting on the shelf. Well, we don't want that to be our Bible. We don't want it collecting dust. We want it to be uh, torn up and and not looking new. Now, I say that, and you, if you were to come up here and look at my Bible, it's like in great condition. It's in perfect condition. You know, some of the pages are even sticking together. And that's not because I've neglected it. It's because I've had to replace my old one. <laughs> and so this is a brand new uh, transition from a used and worn Bible to uh, a new and uh, new, a newer Bible. But anyway, we don't want our Bibles sitting on the shelf. We don't want them collecting dust. This, this is just basic. It's simple. Just read it. Read the Bible. So, uh, you know, you want something, a lot of times we want something elaborate and complex, and we don't need that. It can be as simple as just reading the Bible. So, you can read it. You can read it from cover to cover. There are many, many ways to read the Bible. You can read it from cover to cover. Just start at Genesis and just go all the way through it. Now, uh, if you do that, you're going to run into a snag after a very short time because once you get out of Genesis and halfway through Exodus, then all of a sudden it just, just kind of, you know, you're riding high with all of the cool stories and then all of a sudden it's like you're down here digging the trenches because this is hard stuff to get through, laws and names and, and all of these things. It, it can be challenging. But uh, that's part of the Word of God and at some point, you know, we should come to it and we should read it. But at the same time, there are other reading plans that you can follow that won't necessarily bog you down. So, as you know, we've been doing for a couple of years the 5 by 5 by 5 reading program, right? So many of you, is anybody doing this right now? Anybody doing? All right, we've got a number of you doing the 5 by 5 by 5 reading plan. I would encourage you to do it. This is reading through the New Testament in one year, and that's a good thing. And so I would encourage you to do that. So you have... Bible reading programs like this. You have Bible reading programs to get you through the Old Testament in one year. Is anybody doing an Old Testament reading plan? What's that? The Old and New. And that's kind of the next thing. You have some that combine the Old Testament reading and a New Testament reading on a daily basis. And so at the end of the year, you've gone through uh, the whole entire Bible. So you have to read roughly three chapters a day if you want to make it through the Bible in one year. So, you know, that, does, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but, uh, you know, when you get into day-by-day, day, uh, the routines and the things of life, and you get busy and you forget, and, you know, so the next day is six, and that can be a little more daunting, and, and so on and so forth. But it's roughly three chapters a day, and you can make it through the Bible in one year. And I would encourage you to, to do that. This is our Word of God. It is the Bible. God has given it to us. We call ourselves Christians. We should make the effort to read through it at least one time. I don't think that that's unreasonable. So I would encourage you to do that. So read the Bible. Read it. Read it through. The second thing that we can do is to listen to people preach and teach about the Bible. This is a good thing. God has called and gifted people to be preachers and teachers and and expounders of the, the Bible. And that's what we're all doing here. So you're all taking advantage of this. We are looking at Scripture and we're looking at some things pertaining to the Word of God just like we do every, every time we meet. We're getting into the Word of God because it is, if you go back to some of our first messages on this, in this series, 
the Bible is like, unlike any other book. It is God's word to us. And so we come together and we look into it and we share some of the truths in there and we communicate concerning it. So listen to people preaching and teaching. Now th- at this point, I'm going to go to the back, but uh, hopefully you can keep on going to the screen, looking at the screen. and It's going to be kind of small, but that's just our uh, situation right now. But we have an account with Faith Life and part of our account enables us access to a number of resources. So if you look, if you, if you become a part of the Faith Life um, account, if you have a Faith Life account, you can get to our website and you can see our prayer requests and all kinds of things. But one of the resources that we have is called Faith Life TV. So if you go to Faith Life TV, you'll see all of these resources that are available on the Faith Life TV. So you can watch, you can watch sermons on here. You can watch specials. You can watch, they even have a kids section. So you can select the kids section. Some of the little video clips that I show during Sunday school, sometimes I show it from here. There's one that I started today just to see if, how well it worked, and it's called the Submerging Church. So you just click on it, and it'll begin to stream. You can't hear it, but that's okay. So it's, you know, this is a Bible study. It's somebody that's talking about uh, the history, the modern history of the church. Okay, so it's just one example of uh, some of the media that's available to us through Faith Life TV. And if I can, uh, here we go. Anyway, this is one of the resources that's available, Faith Life TV, and there's all kinds of things on here, historical things, modern-day preachers, there's even courses that you can take right here. There's this preacher guy that's been preaching these messages right here. I hear he's pretty good. Um, but anyway, you can just kind of go through it. There's all kinds of, of uh, things that are exciting, and that will benefit your relationship with the Lord. So take advantage of these. And you probably already have places that you go on uh, the internet in order to listen to people um, preach. Some of you, I know you have uh, favorite preachers on TV, right? How many, how many of you have uh, people that you listen to on TV or on the radio or you follow their blog or something like that? Yeah, I mean, this is, we live in a, in a day where it's just so readily... Available, And so we should take advantage of doing these kinds of things or watching these kinds of things or listening to these solid people preaching the Bible. Take advantage of that instead of watching some of the very worldly and trashy shows that are so easily available to us these days. So make the choice to uh, seek after God's things. And remember, we're trying to cultivate desire for Him, right? So if we make these choices, it will really impact where we go from here. The next thing that we can do to study the Bible, and again, these are passive methods, because, you know, basically you're all sitting there and just listening to me talk. I'm the one that had to do all the work, you know, to prepare the message, and, you know, you just kind of sit there and enjoy it, or maybe get some rest that you haven't been able to get all day long, you know, just kind of, it's very passive on your part. And that's okay. Um, like I said, this is necessary in order to, to kind of move on. 
So don't just listen, but read books about the Bible. We, there, there's all kinds of daily devotions that are available. We used to have the daily bread available here, and I was looking for one, and apparently we don't have them out there anymore. But uh, there's the daily bread, which is pretty simple, and other devotions. But it doesn't have to be like a daily devotional. If you're reading a good Christian book, you know, that, that's great. Anybody reading a Christian book right now? All right, a couple of you. Get a Christian book. Get a devotional. Uh, it doesn't have to, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time doing it. Uh, but again, it, it follows the, the idea that God has called people in his church to teach and to preach the word of God. And they do it in churches sometimes, or sometimes they do it through books, and so on and so forth. So, you know, take advantage of the resource of people that God has called to teach the word of God. So read some books. And again, you know, if we're going to make a uh, comparison, uh, how much better is it to choose the godly kinds of books than it is to choose some of the worldly kind of books that are out there? Uh, We try to, on our resource table, try to make some books available to you, especially as we've been going through some series that you can um, take advantage of. We have some books back there on the bookshelf, and some of them on the bookshelf are easy to understand, and some of them are more difficult to understand. So there's a whole range of things, and you can take advantage of these resources. Another uh, way that you could study the Bible is by having a good study Bible. Now, this came up a little bit last time. There are a bunch of different kinds of study Bibles, but what you have in a study Bible is you have the text of, of Scripture, and beneath the text, you have a commentary on the Scripture. At the beginning of each book of the Bible, like it, let's say at the beginning of Matthew, a study Bible will have who wrote it, and where was it written, and to whom it was written, and the date it was written, and some of the themes in the book. And this kind of preps you for reading through the book of Matthew as you have it in the back of your mind, and you keep the context uh, available to you. You can read through, and you can gain some understanding. So some of the ones, some of the uh, study Bibles I have on my shelf, this is the Faith Life Study Bible. So I know you can't see it, but again, you know, it has the text up here, and they'll often have helpful charts and maps and stuff at the, be- at the bottom and the commentary. And so what you could do is you're reading through the Bible. Now, this takes a little bit more time because you're reading the text of the Scripture, and then you're jumping down to see you know, what some of the comments might be, especially for the more difficult passages. And uh, I turn to a page. It has the Israelite calendar, has the month number and then the name of the month and how it corresponds roughly to our calendar today and some of the scriptural references. So this can be really helpful in trying to understand the months that are identified in the text. Like, uh, I mean, if you're reading here in Esther and you hear the, the month of uh, Nisan, for example, you're going to think, the month of Nisan, what in the world is that? Well, then you can jump down to the bottom of the page and you can just get a little bit of a description of when that month happened in their calendar. So this is one kind of study Bible. Uh, famous people have written study Bibles, John MacArthur and, and uh, some, of, some others. Uh, anybody have a... David yeah, David Jeremiah has a study Bible. Um, who? Max Lucado, that's right. Max Lucado has a study Bible. Uh, let's see, Joyce Myers has a study Bible. I mean, 
There are lots of study Bibles out there. There's the eschatological or the end time study Bible. There's the, uh, I don't know, you want it, it's out there. Life application study Bible, right? You guys have that. I think that's a pretty solid one. Um, by the way, they're not all created equal, and you know, depending on who the people are, uh, I have my own opinions about some of these people, but you, you want to find somebody who is solid and, and evangelical in their beliefs and their positions, and you get a, study, a good study Bible, and it's got a lot of resources right there on the page for you. You don't have to go to anywhere, anywhere else to find some additional material on, on what you have. This particular study Bible is one that I used in Zambia, and it's particularly tagged for someone to take advantage of language tools who doesn't know the languages. So it has the numbers for the words, and you look up the number in the back of the diction in the dictionary, and you get the meaning of the words. It has some grammatical constructions, some uh, you know letters to identify grammatical constructions, and they're right there in the text, and you can look those up, and it helps you to gain an understanding of the grammatical construction. So this is a little bit more complex. There's no commentary at the, at the bottom, but it serves a different purpose. And the point is this. There are many different kinds of study Bibles out there, and it is a, a, a one-book you know, uh, kind of resource for you that enables you to get deeper into the Word of God. All right? Any questions so far? Okay, now we're going we're gonna to go to some active methods now, some active methods of studying the Bible. So the passive ones, you don't have to do much work. Basically, you know, you're just kind of taking it in. It's like a sponge, you know, soaking it all up. But now we come to some active um, methods of studying the Bible. And the first one uh, is pretty simple. It's prayer, all right? So we're talking about prayer. Now, I'm not talking about praying before you read, which you should do. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom and ask him to open your minds and give you help by his spirit to help you to understand the word of God. But what I'm talking about is something a little bit more active. So let's turn in our Bibles uh, anywhere. I'm just going to turn to the New Testament somewhere. And we look at the passage uh, of Scripture and we read the passage of Scripture and we turn it into, we personalize it into a prayer for, for ourselves. So I'm in... Galatians chapter 2, and it says, Then, after 14 years, Paul is talking, I went up to again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and I took um, Titus with me, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest any means I might run or had run in vain. So you can read this passage. Now, what you want to do is engage it at a, at a different level. Okay? You want to engage it at a level where you're taking what it says, you're identifying some of the things that it says, and you're turning it into a time of prayer for yourself. Okay? So here we can say, uh, we begin to pray, Oh Lord, thank you for the people that you have used to preach your word. I thank you, Lord, that it has come to me and that I have heard your gospel and I have received your gospel. I thank you, O Lord, that you're using it in my life so that I might run the Christian life and not run it in vain. All right? So you can kind of turn it into a personal prayer. Now, I want us to practice this. We're not going to turn to a particular page, but I want some of you, go ahead and turn to a, a place in your Bibles, and if you are willing, just kind of read the verse, 
out loud and then pray according to it. Tina, you want to start us off? Yeah, that's great. So there it is. It's not, uh, there's no right or wrong. Uh, you're personalizing some of the truths of Scripture. Now, you do have to be careful, and you want to use some discernment, because if you happen to be at the passage where it says that Judas went out and hanged himself, you don't want to you know, start praying, oh, Lord, you know, please give me an opportunity to go out and hang myself. You're going to be, if you pray that kind of prayer, you're going to be a little bit off target. Okay, so some discernment is necessary. And you, do, you want to be careful not to take something outlandishly out of context. But, you know, if you, if you turn the passage of Scripture into a, an opportunity to pray, this is one way that you're not just reading it, but now you're engaging it and you're turning it into something else. You're actively engaging the Scripture. Anybody else want to go ahead and do that for us? Anybody else? Barbie, did you have your hand up? Go ahead, to read the passage and then turn it into a prayer for us. You know, I love the book of Psalms. Okay, that's a great one to do this for. As a matter of fact, we have uh, Sunday nights. Sometimes our prayer time will be just this in the book of Psalms. So go ahead. Now pray it. <laughs> Did you want to do that? Yeah, go ahead. Turn it into a personal prayer. Lord, just guide and direct me and help me in my everyday life. And I just ask you to hear my prayers. Yes. And relieve me in my distress and my anxiety and struggles. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. There you go. You read it. A great verse like that, and you just personalize it and turn it into a prayer to God. That, that is an active engagement of Scripture. Anybody else want to go? One more person. Let's do one more person. Alan, you go ahead and do one for us, okay? You mind if I call on you like that? Go ahead, Alan. I know you, I know you are capable, so just go ahead and... Uh, Good. Now pray it. Amen. All right, wonderful. So you see that. They're, they're, uh, um, Alan's about to preach a sermon on that passage there when, <laughs> in his prayer, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. It can be complicated. You can go on for 20 minutes if you want. You can go on just for a few seconds. There's no right or wrong. What you're doing is you are 
taking the scripture and you are personalizing it to you and to your situation and you're turning it into a prayer unto him. That is an active engagement in scripture. Okay? Another active engagement in scripture is to memorize it. To memorize it. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So memorizing the word of God is an active way of taking what you're reading and just kind of uh, just holding on to it. Things that you can bring back to your mind even when you don't have your Bible open in front of you. That's the value of it. Now, memorizing can require a lot of effort. It takes effort. I, I, uh, I, spent, some, I spent a whole lot of time memorizing Scripture. And uh, I kept on memorizing and memorizing. And for me, I, I came to the point where it took, it took more effort to keep remembering what I was trying to memorize than uh, actually reading it. So it just got to the point where after a long time, I mean, I had done this for a long time, I just decided that it would be better to do some other active engagements in Scripture rather than simply uh, just rote memory. They had the Bible drills. They have Bible drills at some churches around here. So I was kind of, you know, the, person, the kid memorizing Scripture would just kind of, they, they would come to somebody like me and, they, and I would, you know, they would memorize their passage and it was large passages of Scripture. And uh, I would, you know, kind of correct them or, you know, just kind of grade how they did, you know, grade how they did according to those rules. And so I, I kind of noticed... Uh, Again, I don't want to put down that kind of memorization. I I would encourage memorization. But the kids, some of the kids would just kind of rattle these things off so fast. And it's like, I'm starting to wonder, do they even know what what they've memorized? I mean, are they able to engage that? So um, memory memory has its benefits. And also, you have some cautions. I, I found that if... I'm doing some other kinds of Bible studies that the passages just kind of remain there in my mind and in my heart. Especially if I've looked at them recently. The older I get, the weaker my short-term memory becomes or my long-term memory, I can't remember. It's just kind of, (laughs) I'm just kind of failing in my memorization capabilities and capacities, but that's okay. It is a work in progress. We engage with the scripture moment by moment every time it is in front of us and presented to us. But memorization is an active method of getting into the Word of God. Another way of actively engaging in the Word of God is by having your pen out, or your pencil, and highlighting words and phrases. This is so important, and it, it can be so helpful. So if I, bring up, if I bring up a passage of Scripture here, so let's look at John 3.16 for a moment, Okay. So for, it says, for, so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I can, remember, I can highlight the entire passage, right? This is, a great, this is a great verse. So I can highlight it or I like to put uh, you know, marks like this on the sides of uh, the passage if I want to remember it. But I can highlight it also or you know, parts of it and, uh, and, and thus kind of engage uh, in this way. So what, if I'm studying John 3.16, what are some phrases or words here that I might want to highlight to cause them to stand out the next time I read it? What are some words that I might do that with or phrases? 
Yeah, God so loved the world. I mean, that's, so, that's, that's kind of the heart of the verse, right? So you highlight that part. What else? Yeah, he gave his only begotten son. So we're talking about Jesus. And here at this point, I might write in the margin, Jesus, right? I, I'm engaging in uh, this, the passage here. What else might I... Yeah, just highlight all of it, right? All right, so, you know, that's one, one thing I can do. I can highlight, you know, the, the, or underline believes is important. Uh, he should not perish, no perishing. No, not me. Everlasting life, yes. See, I'm writing this. I like this. I'm, I'm writing in my Bibles. It's okay to write in your Bibles. Uh, you, you might have to replace it sooner if you start doing that, but that's okay. I mean, that's, you want, that's what it's there for. That's, that's right. It's like, uh, you know, Ernie Pope, if you look at his Bible, it's, I think he's highlighted and circled and underlined every single word in his Bible. It's amazing. You know, he's just, he spent years and years and years in, in the Bible, and it's just colorful because of the highlighting marks. Uh, so that, that's a... Uh, that's how some people go, and that's, that's great. This is engaging. Uh, like I said, you know, write, you can write in the margin here some, some of your notes and thoughts. And, you know, if you hear somebody preach and they say, look, the word believes means this. And so whatever they say, you know, have faith. And you can write it in your, in your notes. And you can remember what somebody preached on that verse and what they said about it or what they said about a word. So uh, some Bibles are actually constructed to facilitate this. So if you look at the Bible, they have like one to two inch margins all the way around the text so that you can write in the margins when you're using them. So this is uh, engaging scripture. It's okay to circle words and to highlight the text and to write on the sides. All of that is good and it's important and it is helpful when it comes to uh, studying the, the Word of God. We can turn to other verses. Um, I don't have time, but... Uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll start with this next time. But Do you remember this verse? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. I brought it up last time, and it was a comparison between the New King James Version and the NIV. And I just happened to come across this verse. I mean... A lot of the verses are very similar between these two versions. But you remember, the New King James Version is a word-by-word translation, and the NIV is a dynamic equivalence translation, which means it goes you know, kind of idea-by-idea idea and phrase-by-phrase phrase kind of thing. But I happen to come across this verse, and there are four words that can mean different things in the two passages of Scripture here. So... Uh, what does the word know? Does it mean know or learn? Now, you know, we can see some similarities there, but still. Um, is it possess or is it control? Is it a vessel or is it your body? Is it sanctification or is it holiness? So some of these, these words are different. They can be different. They can mean different things. So what is right? How do we land on uh, the right reading of the text? Remember, uh, it's not my position. My belief is that it's not so much wrong what version you pick, as much as you understand what you're holding and adjust accordingly in order to fill in the gaps. So if you do use the NIV, you don't want to zero in on the word body because the NIV is not necessarily a word-for-word -word translation. If you feel 
in your studies that you want to zero in on a word and you use the NIV, at that point you just need to use another resource, get a King James or a New King James version out or some other word-for-word -word translation, get that out, compare the words that are there, make sure that there's nothing that stands out that's really different. Uh, maybe look at the notes at the bottom of your Bible just to, to make sure you know that, that the word you want to zero in on really is the word you want to zero in on. So you know, just, to, just be aware. In other words, be aware of what you're using and take the necessary steps to adjust or to confirm what it is that you're looking at. So next time, Lord willing, we'll start with this, and I will show you another uh, resource that we have that will help you in studying a verse like this in the words. Um, again, it's through Faith Life, and I don't know, how many of you, has anybody here actually logged on to Faith Life, and you have, all right, you got someone, all right, good, we have a number of you. Well, as um, our church, we have this license, and you have the Logos software available to you, and I will show you how you can bring up a verse, and all you have to do, you'll click on the word, and it'll bring up a dictionary right there for you. It has commentaries, it has all kinds of resources for you. So I will show you how you can use your Logos software in order to study a verse like 1 Thessalonians 4.4 4, and take appropriate notes, okay? Um, if you don't have a Bible software, there are some free software. I mean, Logos is free as, as a part of this church. If there are some others online that are free, I think there's the blue light there's a blue light uh, website, and there's some others. I, I'm not familiar with them all. There are some free resources that do similar things online. If you don't use it online, the other option is to get a concordance or you know, some other big books, you know, like these over here. Remember I showed you the Bible dictionary? Well, yeah, there's like two Bible dictionaries free on Logos that have all the information like this. You just type in the... the Type in the word, and it'll bring up the whole article. You don't have to carry the book around. But if you don't want to use the software, then, well, you've got to get a book, right? <laughs> Which is okay. <laughs> um, so, anyway, we have a lot of resources available to us. We live in a rich time concerning the study of God's word. All right, any questions or comments as we finish up? And we'll continue next time. Lord willing. Anybody have any thoughts or questions, comments? Any, anybody use something that's really good or helpful? That, Mike, you have something that, what do you got? What was it you're showing me there? What do you got? It's the free app. It's called the Bible. Yeah. And not only can you, you can sort the Bible alphabetically or in the original book's order, you can search for any word yes. wherever it occurs. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Just all of them on here. They have them all in one app. Good. The Bible app is like a brown. Is it a brown cover with a cross on it or something like that? Holy Bible or? It's the best one I've seen. Yeah, there there are some good apps if you have an iPhone or well, I guess any app is any kind of phone. Um, there are some good resources. Just at the touch of your fingers there. Um, so. Will. Yeah. Now, Strong's is good. Um, what's good about Strong's is that it'll give you, first of all, it's 
it's concise. It'll just give you some of the main words. And then it'll list all of the words that are used to translate that original language word and the number of times that word is used. So, for example, the word logos, which is, you know, the word, is translated as word. And so if you look it up in Strong's, it'll say word. It's translated as word. And then it'll have like 3,500 and I don't know, some number. And then it'll have another word like... Uh, um, matter, the word matter, and then it'll have like seven in parentheses. So it, it lists all of the English translations used for that Greek word, and it gives the number for that. It, it's kind of a staple. It's not copyrighted, and so every Bible program uses Strong's numbering system, and their dictionary is just kind of the basic things. So I would say don't, you don't have to worry or hesitate in using that. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, it's a good resource. All right, anybody else? Yeah, Haley? Um, I found the Bible Yeah. Yeah. Is that where he's like drawing the whole picture for yeah, a book? And I think that's fabulous. Yeah. That that thing is fabulous. Yeah, it gives you a great overview for for the books. Yeah, and it's on the Logos um, software. Any others? Mary. Yeah. The, Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. The Faith Life TV has movies on there and has documentaries and has sermons. It has all kinds of stuff, even kids' shows, like I said. So uh, it, it just, there's just a, a bunch of good resources that are available. And some of the, those brothers that, make, like Facing the, that made Facing the Giants and some of these others, they really did some good quality movies. Some of the Christian movies in the past were just kind of mediocre as far as their quality goes. Um, but they're still Christian and they have a Christian message and that's what we're looking for. You know, and, and uh, compared to what uh, the world is feeding us, they're, they're, they're really not even close. So we have a lot of good resources available. So take advantage of Faith Life TV. You can find some good things on there. Anybody else? Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one. Yeah. 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 I I think a lot of these places, you know, they'll give you even Logos, you know, just gives you some basic free resources, and then if you want some others, you have to buy them or pay for them, and that's okay. You know, at least they're giving you something for free too. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every church has their preacher on and their sermons online. 
and you have a lot of people that are just kind of, you know, just doing teaching on YouTube. And uh, of course, always listen with discernment and always check with Scripture what you're listening to. But there, there is so much available to us, so many resources that we have access to now, like never before. And the encouragement is take advantage of them. Every Christian choice you make is one that will cultivate your desire for the things of God and build you up spiritually. All right, Tyson? Uh, blue letter Bible. Yeah, blue letter Bible. Yeah, that's the one I meant to say oh. earlier, but yeah. They actually have the pronunciation of the words, too. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, Strong's Concordance also does that. It'll have the original language, and then it'll have a transliteration, which just kind of ports it into English letters, and then they have a pronunciation. And then, I mean, sometimes... Uh, like in Lagos, on some of the resources, you can even hit, you know, the audio button there, and it'll have somebody pronounce it for you. <laughs> so that, that's what we got going for us now. Good. Yeah, what, the Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible, yeah. So you can take, it, take advantage of that. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, let's pray, and we'll finish here for tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, there's so many ways to come at it. Some of them are just as simple as opening it up and reading it, and that's where we need to start. But help us, Lord, to go on from there and to feed on your word like we feed on our food. So help us to grow closer to you. Help us to be strengthened in our walk with you, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.